Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, we uh, This is playing on Saturday morning. We're taping today on, on Friday due to the weather conditions. We're not sure that we're going to be able to make it tomorrow. I'm sitting in downtown Atlanta, and the snow is coming down very rapidly. Uh, I have about 25 miles to get home, so uh, I don't think I can get through this program soon enough to, to head back home. My guest today is uh, is sitting up in Canton, Georgia, and he says he's expecting about five inches of snow up there. So uh, we're we're going ahead and pre-record this. There's some things that may happen today that we would have reported on tomorrow that is we're just not going to know about it till it happens. And if it does, we'll cover that next week. It's, uh, it won't be the end of the world. We'll cover it between updates and, and next week. Uh, I want to remind you, I sent out an email last night reminding you that we had our uh, 2017 Pistol of the Year raffle coming up. It'll be... Uh, uh, the, the winner will be decided next Friday, the way we always do, by cash three numbers at, at the midday drawing. It is a Sig Sauer P227R. It's in uh, dark, uh, uh, flat, dark earth tone. It'll be engraved with Georgia Carey logo and 2017 pistol a year, and uh, as well as the date. It's uh, to commemorate the 226th anniversary of the ratification of the bill of rights so uh it's ten dollars a ticket it's uh six tickets for fifty dollars and uh it's a it's an extremely extremely nice pistol i'm telling you it sells for about well it has a, a suggested retail value of about 11.50 or so and it is a sweet shooting gun i can tell you if you're not if you're not a sig fan and you win this you will be a sig fan if you're if you uh just hate them you'll just continue to hate them if you're kind of uh, ambivalent about it, you will become a SIG fan, I believe, once you shoot this firearm. It is very, very nice firearm. Um, I also, uh, today we have uh, my guest, uh, it's a guy that I guested on his program just yesterday. We're going to talk about a few things. Mr. Mark Walters, he's the syndicated radio host for Armed America Radio and Daily Defense Radio, uh, drive time from four to five. Uh, the AAR uh, Monster Program is Sunday night from 8 to, is it 8, Mark? 8 to 11 p.m. 8 to 11 p.m. Yes, I thought it was. I get mixed up sometime with the starting time. Depends on what on. coast you're on. It could be 5 That's true. out there on that's the left coast. That's true. Well, I was going to say Eastern Standard Time, so uh, that's when it starts. But a lot of times it's replayed on other stations uh, as well. as, uh, And it's also available on podcasts along with all of his uh, daily drive programs. So we... Um, we had a, a very interesting program yesterday on, on Mark's radio show, and I, uh, in fact, I think it was a very good program. Uh, there's sometimes you get off of these things and you think, well, we didn't do too good, but I think we did real good on that one yesterday. What do you think, Mark? I agree because the topic was so important. You know, there's so much. You, you, you ever been to the doctor and the doctor gives you tells you something you don't want to hear? He says, "But I don't want you to go on the internet, right? Stay off the internet." Right. Don't read this. You can't diagnose yourself on the Internet. I mean, right. You can go out and find out you've got 
cancers you didn't even know existed by looking on the Internet. And that's what a lot of people are doing relative to this fixed NICS, this concealed carry reciprocity. Act of 2017, the bump stock provision that was added in. You got a lot of misinformation, sadly, being put out by very good pro-gun groups and some groups that claim to be pro-gun that really are nothing more than fundraisers, okay, fundraising organizations. Right. Um, so, but and I won't name either of them, but I think it was really important that you and I covered some of this stuff about, in particular, the uh, 2017 Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act, which is, in my estimation, Jerry, and, and I, I'm pretty sure you agree with me, is the single best piece of pro-gun legislation ever written in my lifetime. There's I agree, no and, and it, it may be the best, single best uh, ever passed in our lifetime, in anybody's lifetime. It may be the, the groundwork for saving the Second Amendment. It absolutely is, and, and a couple reasons why I'd like to get into to you, with you later, but the, the fixniks, continuing the fixniks provision, that was attached to that bill. It's got a lot of people scared because of a lot of emails that are going out. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I, at the at great risk, I might add, you know, you, the worst emails and the worst attacks I've ever gotten in the decade I've been doing this publicly on the air on the airwaves as a public figure have come from my side of the fence, right, on the far right fringe over here. Yep, the absolutist attitude of hell no. If I don't get what I want, I'm pulling the whole thing. Okay. Right, and, and while I respect and understand that attitude, I do. I, I respect and understand that attitude. I have that at my core, too. The realist in me understands and realizes what it is we have to do to get things done in reality. Oh, yeah. We can't just get mad in the sandbox and pick our toys up and go home. And I think that we tackled that fixed nicks issue great yesterday and uh, on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. And I'm looking forward to doing it again here and again on my monster program coming up on Sunday and again later today on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. I think it's very important gun owners understand what's, what's really happening. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think we're going to repeat yesterday's show per se, but we're going to talk about uh, an awful lot of things that we talked about yesterday. We're going to also throw in a couple of things that we're going to talk about uh, with the General Assembly after it opens up on January the 8th next year because we're right at the point of the year when it's time for us to to start putting on paper uh, what we want to accomplish next year. We've we've had the discussions throughout the year with with legislators, and uh, we're going to tell you what some of the most important things that we're looking at uh, for next year are. But on the on the fixed next, I, I sent an email out last night. And you uh, you may or may not have read, Mark. But I did. Okay, if you notice, I I just. Explain what the fix next was, or what the bill was, what passed. I didn't explain what fix next was. I did explain that it was there, and uh, and I also put a link in, said uh, something to the effect that that there are a lot of things out there, but here, go read the bill, and gave the link to the text in the bill. And you know, I've I've gotten back uh, a couple emails that uh, with videos from YouTube saying, well, this guy knows more about it than I do, and this is a bad thing. Well, if you look through that video, and if you look through a lot of things, as we discussed yesterday, the guy in this particular video starts explaining what happens when you go to this, to the uh, U.S. 18922, uh, what the, the definitions are. Well, the thing of it is, he is reading from established law. He's not reading something new. That's not in the proposed law. What the proposed law says is that the federal uh, bureaucracies will have to report people 
who fall into that category, which is what they're supposed to do right now. There's no additional uh, definitions. There are no additional lists. It's saying you people are supposed to do your job. If it's not passed, they can still do the same thing uh, under law, today's law, as the people are saying that they can do uh, after this law is passed. You know, it's interesting because let, let's just cut right to the mustard on this thing. And I, I want every member of Georgia Carey and everybody listening to this program that ought to be a member of Georgia Carey. If you're not, you should be. But uh, if you're a gun owner, you need to be, and you reside in the state of Georgia, you need to be. But I want to get this right to the chase on this. The Fix Nix doesn't do anything that already isn't there. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't add anything to what, what else isn't, even, what isn't already there. It doesn't change anything. And I want to make that very, very clear. I don't care what you've read on the Internet. I don't care what you've heard in some dopey YouTube video. And I'm wondering if it's the same guy. Again, I'm not going to name names. No, it's not. I, I'm wondering if it's the no. same big guy that's out there on the Internet telling everybody that National CCW was a bad idea because it created a federal license. No. I don't know where these people are getting this information from. But stop. Take well, a deep breath and understand that the concealed carry reciprocity bill is such a great law that having fixed nicks attached to it is not a do-all, end-all. Well, read the bill. You know, it's read very simple. Read bill. the bill. If you read the bill, you will see that there's nothing in there. There's nothing being added. The only thing that is added in there that I can see is that they want to uh, keep track of, of uh, crimes committed with uh, weapons using bump stocks, which is going to be a very small number, as we discussed yesterday. And this provision will give the... Uh, Nick's uh, two months, 60 days, to get your name off the list if it doesn't belong there. Right now, there is no limitation on when they have to do that. So there's at least one good thing in there, uh, and that's the fact that you can get your name off the list. And, and that happens all the time. I mean, we're talking about computer keystrokes here. Right. And somebody punches in a one instead of a two, you may be a felon. You know, it. it who knows uh, whether you are or not. And then and they see that as a piece of paper. That's a report, and it says that you have this code on you. You're prohibited. So now it's up to you to go back and find out how that code got on there, why it's on there, and then wait a year or so before you can own, uh, go buy another firearm. And that's that's if you're lucky on the year. I know people oh, yeah. who've been put on lists that, that it took well over a year just to get the process started because you're dealing with a bureaucracy. This fixes that and codifies it in law. I don't right. have a problem with it. I'm going right. to be honest with you. From everything I've read, now you, I know you've talked to John about this. We're talking about the great attorney John Monroe with Georgia Carey. I've spoken to five other attorneys, some of whom are very well known, who have asked me because of the nature of this that they didn't want to be named, that are all saying the exact same thing that John right. said and that you're right. saying and that we're talking about right. now. And if I might, I got an email from... Uh, can, uh, you, can you hold that thought just a sure. minute, Mark? We've got about uh, 25 seconds here before we have to go to break. I want to uh, take time tell everybody who we are again, georgiacarry.org. Go to our website. You can sign up. You can renew. You can uh, go there for the uh, raffle, uh, and you can follow us at Georgia Carry on Twitter. I'm at gotyourback64. You can... Uh, Read everything that we've ever done on our website. You can download the podcast uh, of this program as well as go to Newstalk1160.com and download them there. We will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. 
Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm here again with uh, Mark Walters, uh, syndicated uh, radio show host for Armed American Radio and Daily Defense Drive. How many stations do you own now, Mark? About 200? Yeah, uh, over that, I think, at this stage of the game. But on the the Monster broadcast, Jerry's over 200 stations plus 177 digital cable outlets and several huge uh, Internet radio broadcast networks uh, such as Talk America and so forth. And on the daytime show, I believe, in about three or four dozen stations. They keep adding them all the time, and sometimes yeah. I don't see the information yeah. until the next month. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's big. Uh, it's got a heck of a reach. I can yep. honestly tell you it's the fastest-growing pro, fastest pro-gun rights radio program in the history of American broadcasting, that much I can tell you for certain. And I can remember when you were just a, a young kid walking around trying to figure out what you were going to do the rest of your life. I'm glad. I'm glad you can remember when I was a young kid. <laughs> Actually, I, I feel like one now, you know. <laughs> well, I do. Age is nothing but a chronological number. Yeah, I, I do too sometimes, although I look in the mirror and I think, uh, who is that standing there looking back at me? Because that's not the guy that used to look back at me. Well, but, you know, uh, and it's funny when you look at yourself in the mirror after looking at some of your old friends and from school and you think, oh, yeah. man, they look old. Look yeah. at me. I look great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 went to, uh, I went to my first high school class reunion, which was the 35th one. And uh, I, I, I really didn't want to go, but the guys went to a lot of trouble to find me. I, I graduated from high school in Dallas, Texas, and and I was living here in Georgia at the time. So it took them a while. That was back before you could just type somebody's name in the Internet and yeah. come up with a list of people. And uh, I I went back, and, and I was like you. I kind of I walk into the room, and I look around, and I say, well, this can't be it. There's nothing but old people in here. Right, right, right. And it's certainly not you. No, not no me. they don't they don't think that when they see you, everybody walks in and goes, God, Jerry looks Oh great. yeah, yeah, sure. It does. <laughs> hey, can I read a let me read a couple of emails that have come in sure. in particular relative to the show that you were on with me yesterday on the Daily Defense. Sure. Mark after this this came in from Gene Rossi in Delaware who was listening. He said, Mark, after listening to yesterday's show, you confirmed what I felt with HR thirty eight. Baby steps. Little at a time. Reciprocity is the holy grail. We can peck at the rest of it in due time. And I thought that was an important email to read for you, because at Georgia Carey, we understand a little bit about doing things incrementally rather than trying to get everything at once based on the political climate we find ourselves in in any any given legislative session. And then I got another one from Doug Ball in uh, southwest uh, lower Michigan, who writes, and Mark, I've been listening to all sides of this debate over national concealed carry and fixed Nick's bill. Overall, I see more of a benefit than not to go forward with it. And as you and Jerry stated, don't believe everything, sometimes anything, you read on the net. I've read what I can find on these bills, and the language is above me on some points, but the rest seems pretty darn clear. I don't see a problem. Uh, and that's the sentiment that's been out there as more and more people start to look at this right. and realize what we're up against. Right. For gosh sakes, quit, quit believing. Look, here's the deal. I'm not going to mention the group that sent the email because I'm great friends with them, but they were misinforming right. people. And you're not going to be put on a government list because you have an unpaid traffic ticket. But that begs the question, why do you have an unpaid traffic ticket to begin <laughs> with? For God's sake, pay the darn ticket. And as I've gotten older since we were talking about age, I've come to realize if you don't want to get a ticket in the first place, don't speed. Right. Drive slower. Drive right. speed limit. You're okay. But uh, I, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. And you're right. We have... Baby steps will get us where we need to be. It it just takes longer. And uh, the ones that go up and say we want all or nothing, they come back with nothing uh, every time. They they never come back with all. They're yep. not going to get it. And until you realize that, until the average guy on the street realizes that this is the way it works, that's the way we lost our rights, 
and that's the way we've got to get them back. You're not going to get it all at one time. And that's why we have to be so engaged in what's going on. We we have to listen to both sides. There are people out there, as you have said, who will will try to fundraise and make things out of these bills that are not in there. And then every one of those emails will say, send us money so we can help fight this. And that's just not the way to do it. So you have to read both sides. You have to read our side. You have to read the other side. And you have to read the in-between because otherwise you don't have a common place to start or or a place to end up. You just go around in circles and, and say, what now? Well, two things on that. First of all, I spoke with the great Alan Gottlieb yesterday. Alan and I converse on a daily basis, sometimes more than he would probably uh, probably like to, because I bother him a lot. But he mentioned to me yesterday about some of this when we were discussing prior to you joining me on the show and and an attack for taking because I don't want to attack a, a program. And I said attack, no. meaning a, a, a an example how I want to do approach this, not attacking. But uh, but I, using the word attacking, I don't want to attack a pro rights organization because I think a lot of these folks were quote unquote jumping the gun. So on one of your points, the some of these groups that were fundraising on this, I don't think they had nefarious intent with what they were saying. I just think they weren't quite clear about what what it was yet that was happening. When they did, they went back and retracted a lot of it, quite frankly, in public statements. And Stephen well, Kotowski of, of the did. Washington Free Beacon had a great piece up that I think you and I referenced yesterday that gave a statement from uh, the gun owners of America who basically said, hey, we're changing our position here, all right? Support this bill. Uh, the National Rifle Association supporting the bill. Fix Nicks we're talking about. We're talking about the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Right. Supporting the bill. Okay, these are organizations that are neck deep in this fight every single day. Right. And then Alan Gottlieb made a comment to me yesterday I thought was beautiful. He said, you know, Mark, I am convinced after 40-some years of doing this that there are some on our side that just relish the fight more than right. they relish the victory. I, I, and I don't disagree with that. I agree with him wholeheartedly. They they relish the fight. They say, look, we stopped this. And then you say, well, what did you stop? Then, uh, you know, it's not always the good story of what they stopped. But, yes, we, we face that all the time here in Georgia. It, oh, it's yeah, nothing new. Uh, it happens every, every year, and we'll see it again this year. Uh, but, fortunately, cooler heads normally prevail, and that's what we try to be is be one of the cool heads and not jump off the deep end and start talking about how bad these things are when uh, – there may be some bad in there, and if there is, that's what we, we try to tag. We don't attack the whole bill just because there's one thing that's bad in it. Well, uh, and it, it's even more important than that, it, and that's – I, I agree 100 percent, but even more important, though, is to just go one extra step, all right? When you're talking about a bill like Fix Nicks, I made it very clear. I don't support the Fix Nicks bill for one reason. I think the bill is unnecessary. I do, too. All right? It doesn't change anything that's already in law. And my position is we don't need another law to force the Air Force, for example, to comply with the current right. law. Because had the Air Force complied with the current law, we wouldn't have had the situation with... Now, the guy would have gotten a gun. Sure he just he would wouldn't have. have gotten it at the gun shop he bought it at. He wouldn't have got it legally. He wouldn't have got it legally. And yeah. then that would have proven our point as well, that criminals get guns. I mean, we win this argument either way you look at and, it. And we That's know, what we have to understand. And we know that background checks do not work. I of mean, course not. It, they look backwards. No they don't look forwards. Right. So, uh, and I agree with that. It, it's The guy would have gotten the gun no matter what. And if the federal uh, bureaucracies were doing their job, there would be no need for this, this fix-nix bill. 
in yeah, fact, well, had, had the Air Force. Had, we could really open a can of worms right. there and go into bureaucracies. Sure. But had uh, the Air know, Force. This doesn't increase the bureaucracy, That's though. Correct. It, it, it gives more money to spend to enforce compliance in what's already existent. Look, right. constitutional carry is a great example of what we're talking about, because I want to give you a recommendation. Jerry, if we can't get constitutional carry passed in the Georgia legislature this year, then I don't want anything. Oh, yeah, well. Okay, you see my point. You got it. <laughs> all right. If the fix Nix bill is not an end-all for concealed carry reciprocity, is my point. Right. If I keep, boy, if we don't get rid of that fix Nix, it's not necessary to have it, then I don't want concealed carry reciprocity to pass. Well, I'm going to tell you that if that's, your, if that's your position, I'm not sure I want you on my team because I don't think you understand the way the game is played, and you do have to play the game in order to win the game. Well, you don't understand what the, what the rules are or what, what game you're actually playing if you don't understand that. Because, as you said, this bill is really unnecessary, but it was brought on by the fact that the Air Force did not notify Nix of the uh, the Texas murderer's uh, uh, domestic violence. Conviction. And let's look at a couple things on here. I don't know how much time we have in the segment. we got but, uh, about two minutes. Okay, good. I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. What this also does, and this is where the politics comes in, this is what's going to be fascinating to watch the debate as it moves to the Senate. Don't think this wasn't by design. It was. You've got Democrat dope liberal liars for years have been jumping on, we've got to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You've been screaming background checks. Here's a fix to the background checks. And you've been screaming bump stock about something you didn't even know existed prior to Vegas. Right. Now you're screaming it from the rooftops. Right. Now there's a provision in bump stocks. How are you going to go back to your constituents, Mr. Lying, progressive, liberal, socialist, Marxist, Democrat? Come on, say what you mean. And, and tell them that you didn't vote for it. Because here, Jerry, if you pulled concealed carry reciprocity out of that bill, and you had the fixed nicks and the bump stock in there, right. the Democrats would be screaming to high heaven that while it's not everything, at least it does something. Oh, That's yes. the way they would spin it. Sure, sure. That's exactly what they would do. And they would do a good job of that, saying that, look what we did. And and that's part of the problem that we have with government right now is something happens and somebody, well, we got to do something. we got to do something. Well, you know, I sat on a jury one time, and a lady, uh, the guy was obviously, they did not prove the case. The DA didn't prove their case. But one of the, uh, there were two ladies on there that wanted to convict the guy because, well, one guy's dead, and we need to do something. Well, that's not a reason to send somebody up the creek just because somebody else did something. And that's kind of the way our, our gun rights have been treated by, the, uh, by what I call the gun prohibitionists. We're coming up on another break here shortly. I want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org, our website. Uh, my contact information's there. Uh, we've got bios of everybody on the website. Everything we've ever done on that website is there. You can read any of the lawsuits, etc. You can contact uh, me from the uh, website. You can also follow us at georgiacarry.org, at, at georgiacarry on Twitter, and uh, download the commercial-free podcast here at 11, Newstalk1160.com, and we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, once again, back with my special guest, uh, Mark Walters. We uh, And I call him a special guest because he is. He's, uh, he's a good friend. He's, he knows what he's talking about. And... Uh, we just uh, we have a lot of time, a lot of fun 
talking back and forth, uh, discussing things and, and where we're going to go and how we're going to go and things of that nature. One of the things that I did want to bring up, and, and we discussed a little bit just a minute ago, is the Hearing Protection Act has just kind of fallen off the, the scope. It has. And, you know, again, there's political theory. And, by the way, it's interesting, too, you mentioned the conversation we have. You know, sometimes I say this on my show a lot. Sometimes the best radio is the radio the listener doesn't get to hear. And that's right. the conversations in the breaks. <laughs> You know, where we're talking about some nuances of stuff that we ran out of time for in the segment. And, right. And, you know, you started talking about hearing protection and asked about it. It's a great great time to talk about this because the answer to that is no. It hasn't moved right now. And politically, that's by design. Right. Because national reciprocity was far more important mm-hmm. than this. And this one politically was a lightning rod for the left. Now, the absolutist is out there screaming, it doesn't matter, we should be, and I'm uh, totally agree sure, with you. Sure, But we've got to pick and choose our fights legislatively, which ones we want to move first and which one's more important to pass. Hearing protection will move, but it will move in due time right. through the U.S. Congress. I am thankful that it was not attached to concealed carry reciprocity because I can guarantee you an immediate DOA in the Senate if that were to have happened. Yeah, so, I don't disagree with that. As it stands now, we have a good shot in the Senate. Yeah. But I, I've not heard much about it. No, I, I can't answer that question. It pretty much kind of sitting out there faltering. Yeah, the, the last I heard, uh, Paul Ryan had that that uh, stuck off somewhere in his uh, his back closet. And well, Paul Ryan had national reciprocity it. stuck somewhere off yes, his back did. closet for 48 weeks as well. Yes, but the did. pressure came to bear on him. So we'll begin moving. Let's let's move this one first and then get on to Oh, I, I don't disagree with that. I that just, I, the way just to go. I know there's a lot of there's still a lot of talk over that one and that one that one needs to come up too, but it does not need to interfere with this. And as I told you all during the break, the reason we have hunting here uh with suppressors in Georgia is because it was an attempt uh to uh sidetrack some of the things that we got in HB60. Well, that's, because, that's the that's the political hurdles you face. That's the, the the stuff that we have to talk about step by step by step. That's that we correct. can't get it all at one shot. And campus carry is another great example of that. And I would I would submit that you listening understand that while we had to make some maneuvers on campus carry that we're far better off today with campus carry that we sure. have. While it wasn't everything we wanted, we can work on fixing that. But at least we've got it in place. And that's the type of victory I'm talking about. Sure. And the incremental steps rather than the well, no way if we don't get right. this then don't just go home. That's just stupidity. On right. My, on right. I agree with that. And, and you know, the funny thing about it, every year we have people who are supposedly on our side, uh, and some of them are on our side. They just don't understand what, what was really in the bill or what really how it really affected them. But they sit there and they, they complain about this bill, how lousy it is, blah, blah, blah. But I will assure you one thing. Every one of those people who said this is a lousy bill, have exercised those rights since that bill was signed into law. Of course. And, you know, I I want to give an example I used with you yesterday because this is not lost on me, and the story is important to me because it's deeply personal to me. When I made a decision to move to Georgia, which was uh, in six days, it will be 13 years ago, I relocated from my hometown, my adopted hometown of Tampa, Florida, here. That was a tough move for me to make, not the least of which because at the time I was leaving what was arguably the number one or number two gun state in the country in Florida at that time. Far better gun laws in Florida than Georgia's. And I came up here, there, that was, there was some trepidation on my part. And over those 13 years, I have participated in and watched Georgia flip. And I can say this with certainty right now. I do not believe that I will live long enough 
to see Florida catch up to where we are in Georgia because of the gains we've made over the last 13 years since I've been here. In my lifetime, we are now light years ahead of the state of Florida and now rank as one of the top five most pro-gun-friendly states in the nation. And we're talking right up there with Arizona and others that have Alaska. a great reputation. Yeah. And that's because we did what we did the way we did it. Oh, yeah. If we had played that game of, if I don't get it now, I'm not going to get it, we would, Florida would still have us by light years. And, and that's important, and I want people to understand. I know it's frustrating, and I'm the absolutist you are, too. I just want to see some progress until we get to our ultimate goal of eventually recognizing the Second Amendment for what it means, and that's constitutional carry for all. In the meantime, we've got to take these steps. Oh, yeah, no, no two, two ways about that. And, and that's why it's so important for our members to understand that we're not we're not going to lead them down the path. We tell them a bill is good. We give them the bill, uh, where to read it, how to get hold of it. We we go on our website and we we mark all the high spots, what it's going to do, what it's not going to do, etc. Both uh, pro and, and anti gun bills. You can go on the website and determine where they are in the in the uh, pro, uh, process. And without good members contacting the uh their legislators we would not be where we are so we can go down there we can spend all the time we want to in the in the capital do all the lo- lobbying and all the legwork we want to but if our members don't back us up and contact the people when we tell them to or when we ask them to we don't really tell people to do anything but we ask them to to contact their senators or representative that's what we need and we need more people to do that as long as we can do that we can continue to move this ball down the field uh, Jerry let me ask you a question has Georgia Kerry ever given up or, or or set my constitutional rights back in an attempt to move forward no no way shape that's or an form. important that's an important <clears throat> distinction I want people yeah. to hear yeah we we have uh, you know we've been called compromisers and and in one respect we do compromise because we ask for everything that we can possibly get. And then when we don't get everything, we accept what we know that we can get through. And that's not, that may be a compromise, but we didn't give up anything to get it. We've never given up anything that we've gained so that we could have something else. If we and, didn't do that, would we, would public gatherings still be the law of Georgia? You better believe it. Would we have we campus still, carry in place? No, 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 no. Would we even be able to begin to advance? places off limits that, no. that we can remove would no. we even be able to begin to talk constitutional no. carry in the no. future of course no. not no we would still be uh ranked as number 43 or 44 state with the most places off limits to, to carry in the in the united states which is where we were in 2006 i'll so, take one of the top five right now thank you very much for everything georgia carry does if you're not a member with us look i'm proud to be one of the top i think it was one of the first 100 or even 50 members going back many years uh, because of the problems I experienced when I got here. I mm-hmm. lost my right to carry when I had to turn my driver's license in and get right. my Georgia because I needed a Georgia permit to establish residency to get my Georgia permit. And I'd been able to carry here in Georgia on my Florida permit for That's years. Correct. Well, you were you were trusted then. Now you're a citizen. We can't trust you. <laughs> That's, you know, That's, That's kind of what they were saying. I'm glad to have had a part. You know, <laughs> That's kind of what they were saying. That's correct. Uh, so, uh, and yeah, we got that covered. We got that taken care of this uh, past year. So now you have uh, 90 days after you establish residency to get your license, which is more than enough. Uh, so uh, we've taken care of a lot of those little steps, and there's still a lot of little steps that we need to take care of. What uh, are they? Where are we going? What can, can I finally have constitutional carry in this legislative session, Jerry? Yeah, you can forget that one. <laughs> I understand why, but I had to ask that question. No, I know. We, uh, it, it's just not going to happen. We have tried and tried and tried uh, since we first came in. We started asking for 
uh, open carry without a license. And no way. Sonny Perdue wouldn't go along with it. Nathan Deal won't go along with it. And most of the members of the the, uh, General Assembly won't go along with it. Uh, And there there are reasons for having licenses, as you well know. but there are also constitutional rights that say we don't need one. But I will assure you that if we didn't have a license requirement in Georgia right now, we would not have constitutional carry. I mean, we would not have a campus carry. No, we wouldn't have no. anywhere near the number of places that we can carry now. In fact, if we had gotten uh, constitutional carry passed back in, in 2006 or seven, uh, we wouldn't have it. We'd still have the public gathering law. You know, it's a fascinating conversation. I, just, I detest the fact that we have to bow to a government and get a get a license to exercise a constitutional right. As far as I know, it's the only constitutional right that we have to do that with. And we obviously, we want constitutional carry to be the law of the sure. land. And the conversation that's fascinating to me about it is you go back to 1987, Florida's landmark law that provided the mechanism which all 50 states now have some form of permitting process in place because of that landmark 87 law in Florida. You go back now where constitutional carry is moving forward in 12 and 13 states today, and you look back and you can can kind of convolute and go, gee, thanks, Florida, for creating the permit system that we have today. Maybe if we didn't do that, we'd have constitutional carry. We'll never know the answer to that. No. But if that's you, how things evolve and how things change. That's and true. obviously we want the, the Second Amendment. You know, the second because I believe, as you do, the Second Amendment is my permit. That's correct. But reality shows us this is where we are today. Now right. let's better it until we can get there. Now go back and, and also while you're at it, go back to those states that have constitutional carry. And with the exception of Vermont, maybe Alaska, uh, look at the places that are off limits there with without a license. And compare those to the ones here with a license. Between Jerry, me and I'd you, I would the pay more. Of Scottsdale, Arizona, as right. you know, you've been in Arizona with me. We got forty-five seconds. I love seconds. Arizona. It's a calling. At someday, I'd love to go out there and throw my ashes out in the desert. I love it. But here's the deal: there are more guns not allowed signs right on businesses in Scottsdale, Arizona, than I've ever seen in Georgia in thirteen years total. That's correct, and they mean something out there. So we've got about 30 seconds left here. We're going to uh, go back for another break. I want to remind you, georgiacarry.org, that's who we are, That and you can go find out what we've done if you're not aware of it. Uh, you can follow us at Georgia Carry. You can follow me at GotYourBack64 on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, download the, the commercial-free podcast, both on our website and here at Newstalk1160.com, and we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, here once again with Mark Walters, uh, special guest, and we're having a, a rather healthy discussion. We think about what's going on now in the world and what we're going to have to do. One of the things that, that Mark brought up last time, and we're going to discuss that a little bit this time, uh, are some of the things that we're going to try to attack next year in the General Assembly. There are some things that have come to light over the last uh, last several months that um, we really need to address. Uh, one of them is, if you remember back in the, uh, in HB 60 in 2014, we did away with the governor's emergency powers. Prior to that, if he declared an emergency, uh, then you could not, uh, the firearms could not be sold, nor could uh, ammo be sold, and, uh, you had, um, 
you could only carry a firearm that you owned, which meant that uh, if somebody from National Guard stopped you, you had to have proof that you owned that firearm or you could be arrested. Uh, and so we thought we had all that cleared. However, there's a um, another uh, code section that we found that allows the head of the militia in Georgia to um, to do the same thing, basically. It, it allows him to... Let me, let's, ah, here's the one out there. Let me see which one. I'm trying to pull it up. Um, that allows him to do the same thing. And if you look at what he, he can do, and if you look at the fact that he's appointed by the governor, then we didn't get rid of the governor's emergency powers. And that is uh, Code Section 38-2-301, titled Closing Places Where Firearms and Ammunition Sold Were Disorder Likely to occur, penalty for not applying the order. So whenever any force of the organized militia is or has been called out for the performance of any duty under Code Section 38-2-6, it shall be lawful for the commanding officer of the force if, in his judgment, the maintenance of law and order in the area into which the force has been ordered will be promoted, thereby to close places where arms and ammunition are sold and all places where order is disliked or is likely to occur. Now, when do you need a farm? You need a farm. That's when, very when... reminiscent. This is the first <laughs> I'm hearing of this, and I want to throw out my first thought to that. My first reaction to that is this is very reminiscent of what we just saw happen in Puerto Rico. Right, exactly. Which allowed the governor of Puerto Rico to issue the order pre-storm that he did because of the code that read, to my understanding, very similar to that. That absolutely needs to be fixed. Right. And it need, and people that are listening right now going, oh, come on, that's never going to happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. No one you know is going to get sick. Right. You'll never be involved in a car accident. It happens to other people. Trust me when I tell you it can happen to you. Yes. So, yeah, that, that's, that's, I, I was unaware of that. I'm glad yeah, you brought we, that up. That's well, I, I ran across that over, I ran across that over the, uh, I don't know, about three or four months ago. I, I don't know what I was doing. Quite frankly, I was just looking through some of the code sections. I think I was looking for another code section that had something to do with, um, I don't, I can't remember exactly what it had to do with. I think it was stand your ground or something. At any rate, I came across it and I read that and I thought, wait a minute. We got rid of those powers, supposedly, in HB 60, and we got rid of the governor's powers. But here's a guy that's running a force that is appointed by the governor. So who really has the power here? Well, the governor can't do it. Well, no, but, but he can order. Can. But he can order so, the guy that working for him that he appointed to that office to do it. I think that that I don't think that's going to be difficult to pass through this through the makeup of the body so of the legislature no, now, I, and I think that I don't think so either. Their attention, they're going to realize that was an oversight. And I, I think, I mean, I think that stands a pretty good chance of getting through well, that, and getting through this year, don't you? Yeah, I think so. That's that's one of the things about our code section. If you start looking through our code sections, and, and we run across this during lawsuits all the time. If you've been long term members of Georgia Care, you see where we uh, we had a decision go against us in a lawsuit because a judge went back and found a, another code section somewhere back in the archives somewhere that nobody ever looks at. And so, but it's still in, a for, in effect. So the, the laws are, are really just kind of intermingled here and you have to be real careful where they put farms laws. And this is one of those cases where this is something that needs to be done. Uh, and we want to get it to where 
nobody can prohibit us from uh, purchasing ammo or a firearm if we need it. You know, like I said, during the, the national emergencies, is that's that's when we need it. So yeah, that's interesting. I had no idea. I'm glad that there are people out there perusing those laws and, and those codes. Jerry, let me ask let me ask you a question, if I can, on another topic legislatively coming up in this session. There has been some discussion, not just amongst us as friends, and, and but as Georgia carry in with legislators, uh, legislators and so forth, about the places off limits where we'd love to see, as a Georgia permit holder, in light of the fact that we can't carry everywhere, get us to the point where we can carry where every law enforcement officer can carry. Is there going to be any movement well, there? I don't know. If there's going to be any movement. We're going to we're going to bring that up again. We're going to try to get some of that done, but. Um that's um, that's another one of those things. I think one of the things we need to see is we need to be real diligent in who we're going to vote into governor this year, uh, because that's you know all the the governor, the lieutenant governor, all all of the offices, elected offices in uh, the Georgia state uh, government are up for election, with the exception of a couple of uh, PSC guys. Those guys get six year terms. The governors and and lieutenant governor gets four year terms, and and the others basically get two year terms. So they're up every year. So one of the things that will decide a lot of that is who we put in office in the uh, coming years, uh, or well next year. The end of next year, they'll, they'll be in there because this is uh, Governor Deal's last session that starts uh, in twenty eighteen. So, yes, uh, we will try to do that. That's one of our goals. Uh, it's, but that, again, is one of those long-term goals that that's just not going to happen overnight. Uh, we discussed it last year, and, by, and they they actually wrote up a bill, and by the time they brought it to us with the exceptions, we told them throw it in the trash and forget about it. Uh, so if we don't get something, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to, not going to take a pat on the back. So you weren't words. willing to give anything up in order to get it. Is that what I just? Well, heard? we weren't. We weren't really giving anything up. But that's exactly. true. That's we weren't giving anything up. We just weren't gaining anything. So by the time we were, by the time we were doing that, we were. Uh, but if had we gone along with that, we'd have, have said, "Yeah, you can," but you couldn't. You know, it'd been almost like the the public gathering law. It would have been very all right. There's another thing on the books that that I want to talk about that uh, we have to do something about. Right now in the state of Georgia, if somebody comes up to you on the street and uh, with a knife or a gun and, and uh, is going to attack you, and you pull your gun and point it at him, and he takes off running, what can happen to you? Well, I'm going to suggest if that individual makes a phone call to law enforcement, you're going to be looking at a potential 20-year sentence you're on exactly an right. assault charge. You're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. And we need to do something about that. Several states, I believe Oklahoma and I believe Florida also, uh, uh, put in their uh, statutes that, that if you did it in defense of yourself as part of the stand-your-ground law, basically, then uh, you would not be – it would not be a felony. But right now, just by – you know, we've got a law in the books, as I told one of the legislators yesterday. It's a shame we have a law in the book that tells me that if if I can stop a crime by pointing a gun at somebody, my best bet is to go ahead and shoot him because I'm going to go to jail for just pointing a gun at him. If I shoot him, I may not go to jail. It may be stand your ground. Now, that's a ridiculous law that you have to shoot somebody to protect yourself. Yeah, I, I, I can hear the left right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and that's, you know, that's what's going to happen too. But, uh, we've got those. And then there's several other just small things that, that, uh, that we've got a list of things that we, 
we're going to look at and, and try to try to make changes in uh, in small ways. There, there are things that come up constantly in some of our lawsuits on what we uh, need to do and how we need to do it and things of that nature. So we go back and we fight at it. Uh, we got about a minute left here, Mark, and I want to I want to take this time to tell you once again how much I appreciate you being on the program and how much I appreciate being friends with you and and being able to share a lot of our thoughts together and and uh, try to approach uh, these these issues in a uh, in a reasoned manner so that we can understand what's going on and, and get a good idea of why why we're doing what we're doing. It's always fun to be on the show, and I love having you on my program as well. You're a fan favorite. I get great emails every time you're on. People just love that draw from Jerry Henry, and it's just so down-home comforting for people to listen to reason. And, that, you know, Jerry, one thing I think is really important, I, I, and I know it's frustrating. I get 15 seconds. We, we all want that big new bill every session. That's right. We're not going to get it every session, and that's a testament to how effective we've been at Georgia Carey, for God's that's sake. That's correct. Okay, we're going to have to leave here. I want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org. You can download the podcast uh, there. You can download them here at newstalk1160.com, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to georgiacarry.org radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.